Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with the CEO of 4-H Canada. And up first in today's country comment, we'll talk about seeding deadlines with Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is David Van Dines with Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation to talk about crop insurance seeding deadlines. The absolute last seeding deadline for most crops or for a lot of crops is June 20th. So that takes into account most of your cereals and that sort of thing. Um, Other crops to make note of, likely canola. And depending on the area that you're in, uh, the deadline for full coverage might be as early as June the 10th in our canola area 2 or June the 15th in our canola area 1. And there's a five-day extended uh, seeding period beyond that where coverage is reduced by 20%. Yeah, and uh, I guess we saw some changes to uh, soybeans this year. Uh, this year. Yeah, that's right. Soybean uh, seeding deadlines, uh, we had some changes to that. It's something that had been in the works for a, a number of years where we were gathering data and looking at data. And obviously the conditions this year maybe uh, put that on the fast track a little bit. But certainly it is something that, uh, like I say, been working on for a little while. And, uh, you know, we had the data to support it and finally put it into motion here this year. You know, just with uh, with uh, all the rain and the delay here this spring, um, do you expect, uh, you know, that might be a challenge, Those some of those deadlines there for farmers? Or? It's certainly looking like it will be, yeah. There's still lots of pretty wet soils out there. And, you know, we're just three weeks away here before the final deadline for some of those crops like we talked about. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a challenge for a number of producers to get completely done, that's for sure. Uh, we're hopeful that... You know, the weather will turn around here and we'll still get an opportunity to see these crops, but there's there's a long way to go for sure. As far as um, excess moisture claims here this spring, I guess, what have you seen come in or, or are you expecting to see, you know, going forward here? Yeah, so we, we don't have any excess moisture insurance claims yet because our June 20th deadline hasn't come. So the expectation is that producers will continue to try to, to seed right up to June the 20th. So we'll only start taking uh, excess moisture claims after June 20th. But uh, we certainly are anticipating you know, a significant number again. Uh, we've had some bad years of excess moisture insurance claims in the past, and uh, we're, we're hopeful it's not going to be that kind of year for us, but uh, it's still still possible at this point in time. That was David Van Dines with Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Farm Credit Canada is offering support to Manitoba customers affected by flooding this spring. FCC may consider additional short-term credit options, deferral of principal payments and other loan payment schedule amendments. Shannon Weatherall is Senior Vice President of Prairie Operations. For some of our customers... We've had challenges for the last year. It's gone from drought and lack of moisture and then impacts of rising input costs, whether it's feed costs for livestock producers or input costs for our grains and oilseeds producers. So we have had similar programs in place as well to support customers during this time. And really that's what we're here to do at FCC. We work through our customers through all cycles of agriculture, in good times and challenges and want to support them for their long-term success. Customers affected by flooding are encouraged to contact their FCC relationship manager. And Manitoba's potato farmers are getting close to wrapping up planting. Vikram Bisht is with Manitoba Agriculture. I had uh, talked to some growers. They are uh, basically still going. The planting 
in my opinion, is about 80-85% done. Some growers are uh, nearly finished. And so it may take a couple of days or two, three days for majority of the growers to finish. Bisht says potato planting would usually be done by this time on a normal year. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, May 31st. I'm Corey Knute. Coming up today, we'll chat with Shannon Benner, the CEO of 4-H Canada. A couple of 4-H members took home awards at the 2022 Canada-wide Science Fair, hosted virtually by the University of New Brunswick Fredericton campus from May 16th to the 20th. Shannon Benner is CEO of 4-H Canada. From a 4-H perspective, uh, eight years ago we started competing in the Canada-wide science fair and we've seen a lot of success. Um, We're the only not-for-profit that has a direct uh, track into the Canada-wide science fair. Um, And primarily we work with um, youth in rural communities that maybe don't have access to a science fair in their school or... Um, you know, aren't uh, engaging otherwise. And so um, 4-H members can participate. Uh, They compete uh, within 4-H nationally. And then our winners go on to the Canada-wide science fair. And uh, we've seen a lot of success over the last eight years, and we're very fortunate. Um, We had two youth members who, who had some wonderful success this year. So we're thrilled about that. And this was a uh, virtual event again this year? It was, yes. Um, due to COVID, uh, obviously, uh, we at 4-H, we are, had our National Science Fair um, all virtually, and then those winners advanced, and the Canada-wide Science Fair also was virtual this year. Yeah, and as you mentioned, a couple of uh, award winners this year. Tell us about the uh, the winners. Um, yes, yeah, so Mark Norgard and Mac Dykeman um, from Alberta and BC, respectively, both uh, received some high honors, one achieving a silver and one achieving a, a, a single academic achievement. So we're really thrilled uh, at their placement and, um, you know, but also just the work that they've done to to explore and, you know, do these amazing projects on their own. That's really um, not only is it, you know, what we need young people doing in Canada today uh, in exploring science and tech, but also um, great to see 4-H members really succeeding and, and pursuing their interests. And Shannon, tell us a little bit about the uh, 4-H Canada Sustainable Agriculture Award. Um, we had a, I guess, a winner from uh, Saskatoon there? That's right. That's right. We had a winner from Saskatoon. Um, the 4-H uh, Sustainable Agriculture Award is um, selects a project uh, from a non-4-H member from the Canada-wide Science Fair. Um, the young person that's making the most advancements in agriculture and um Uh, and a project that is um, worthy of of achievement. So we're really thrilled that we were able to to also award that this year. Just any other final thoughts here on on the science fair and what what this means for the competitors there? Just a great achievement for young people. We're really thrilled that it's another opportunity that 4-H members can um, take advantage of and um, advance their interests, but also just, you know, learn another um, set of skills, not only in science and technology, but um, but but leadership, and that's sort of really what our program is here to do. So um, we're just thrilled that uh, thrilled that these youth had opportunities to succeed. And uh, just give us a bit of an update on on 4-H. You know, as we head into the summer here, um, you know, how are things shaping up across the country? Yeah, 4-H is uh, definitely back in action, and we're looking forward to um, 
you know, well, throughout all of COVID, you know, um, most of our provinces didn't close their doors to young people. We're very fortunate we were still able to engage youth, whether it was virtually or in person, uh, where permitted. Um, but uh, clubs are back and starting up, and um, kids are kids and youth are uh, starting activities, and volunteer leaders are coming back as well. So we're really pleased that uh, the programs are warming up, and and our provincial organizations are are. Um, opening, fully opening their doors to uh, to programming again. That was Shannon Benner, the CEO of 4-H Canada. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is putting on a Fence and Water Solutions workshop June 1st. The cost is $30. You can register on the MFGA website. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has established an e-commerce resource hub where Canadian agri-food companies can access resources to take advantage of global opportunities to sell products online. Sessions conclude June 6th. Each week covers a different topic. You can register on the Manitoba Agriculture website. The Canadian Charlet Association is hosting its AGM June 10th to the 12th in Russell. Visit charlet.com for more details. And the Miami Agricultural Society is celebrating its 25th annual rodeo, along with the 113th annual fair June 25th and 26th. The Miami 4-H Beef Club will be hosting their inter-club judging competition on Friday evening and an open 4-H beef show on Saturday. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. This afternoon at the School of Agriculture at the University of Manitoba is presenting the first of three videos in a series that highlight and celebrate the accomplishments of Indigenous alumni and First Nations communities. Michelle Rogalski is director at the School of Agriculture. The first um, uh, film that's going to be produced as part of a a series, the Indigenous Voices video series, it's um, part of a project that the School of Agriculture um, worked in partnership with um, some Indigenous leaders, um, and we're pretty excited uh, to share this video. Michelle, tell us a little bit more about the the video series, you know, what the uh, focus will be. Uh, the, the focus is providing a, a forum or a voice for Indigenous leaders and community members to share their experiences and stories. Um, the, we'll, the opportunity will be to share them, you know, with our Ag Diploma students. But through these um, films and professionally produced videos, we believe there's an opportunity to share some wonderful stories and for uh, members of our uh, Ag community to learn more about Indigenous culture and, and perspectives. And as you mentioned, the uh, first video will uh, be screened on Tuesday. Um, Indigenous Voices sharing our agricultural history and journey. Can you tell us uh, specifically a little bit more about that one? Uh, this one's dear to my heart. Um, Robert Maitreyashin, Ardell Cochran, and E.J. Fontaine are, are alumni of our Ag Diploma Program. They're going to share um, stories about their positive experience about the Ag Diploma Program and how um, the training and support um, as Ag Diploma students has, has supported them on their journey. And all three of them are major leaders uh, in Manitoba and have made so many contributions. In addition to their, their, their journey, um, they're going to also share uh, um, uh, some history and perspectives about uh, Indigenous um, important roles that they played in agricultural history here in Manitoba. And for people who um, are interested, how do they get involved? 
Um, um, they can register um, um, for the event. They can attend in person or also it's been uh, done on a, a Zoom link. Uh, I know Crystal Jorgensen, our communication specialist, has you know, been sharing that information on the faculty's uh, media sites on uh, uh, Twitter and on, on Facebook. And so there is a link on both of those sites to, uh, 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 to register. Michelle, the, uh, the remaining two videos, um, what's the plan for those? Well, our plan for the second video was to show it um, later this month, um, but as a result of the, the flood conditions and the, the, the challenges that Pegwis First Nation is is, is having right now, um, we're going to have to delay it. The second um, uh, video features the Pegwis Community Garden and um, and we're hoping, um, perhaps in the fall, we're you know we're working uh, with Pegwis. We want to be able to launch it um, at, at at the Pegwis community. So that's the second one. Um, the third one features uh, Cedar Lake Ranch. That's an Indigenous cultural uh, tra- training center and and a farm. And um, uh, we anticipate that that could be later this summer or or, or in um, or in September. That was Michelle Rogalski, director at the School of Agriculture at the University of Manitoba, which is presenting the first of three videos today in a series that highlight and celebrate the accomplishments of Indigenous alumni and First Nations communities. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Agriculture says about 85% of Manitoba's potato crop is in the ground. Vikram Bish commented on soil conditions. Soil conditions in many of the potato fields, which normally are sandier or lighter fields, are moist, deep. But on the top, in the planting zone, it has been reasonably okay. However, there are some holes uh, or areas within the fields where the planting will have to be skipped. Fist says potato planting would usually be done by this time on a normal year. And Farm Credit Canada says it's prepared to work with Manitoba customers concerned about financial hardship due to flooding. Shannon Weatherall is Senior Vice President of Prairie Operations. Obviously, it's been a challenging year for many of our customers in Manitoba with the heavy snowfall, the flooding that's resulted, the heavy rainfall this spring. So we do want to make sure our customers know, and the most important message I have to share is if you're concerned, if you're not sure what to do, please come in and talk to us. We have short-term credit options, deferral of principal payments, payment schedule amendments, and other things we can look at on an individual basis to support you during these challenging times. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll take a look at this week's crop report. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.